welcome. My name is Cody. I'm joined here with Matt this week for episode seven of One More Thing. Now we're gonna dive right into it today. As most of you know, we're gonna talk about one more thing from this past weekend's message. We're just diving a little bit deeper, just talk about, um, spend a few minutes and talk about uh, something extra from the past weekend's message. Um, this past weekend, we were in week two of our series, Stories You Thought You Knew, and Matt here preached on one of the most memorable stories um, from the Old Testament on David and Goliath. Uh, you probably know the story already, uh, but basically uh, Israel is up against the Philistines in battle, and this dude Goliath wants to do something called single combat, right? Uh, so this one-on-one fight to the death, and what does Israel do? Israel looks to their king, Saul, but Saul kind of chickened out and didn't want to, uh, and he didn't want to come out and fight Goliath. Um, and we know the story that David, uh, the next appointed king of Israel, is the one who steps up. This young boy, this this kid, this scrawny little kid is what I imagine, uh, goes out there and he uh, defeats Goliath and kills him. Um, there was a lot that you shared in this message, um, so I don't want to spend a ton of time giving a big recap. Um, so if you didn't catch the message, go back, watch that, and then come back for this. I want to share Matt's three points and then a few sentences that stood out. Uh, to me as well. Uh, His first point was that unbelief will paralyze your faith. Second point was unbelief takes away your confidence. And the third point was that you are not a giant slayer. Now, Matt, uh, towards the end of his message, he kind of gave this truth for us. And this is what he said. He said, the truth is that Jesus Christ has already won the battle and we just reap his benefits. Uh, The story of David and Goliath is a story of one man winning the battle for everyone. But Jesus is the story of one man resurrecting from the dead to save everyone. And that the bottom line is that when we trust in Jesus, everything is possible. And then he shared this one last thing at the very end of his message. He said, if we all did this, if we all trusted in Jesus in every aspect of our lives, we will begin to see radical change in God's kingdom on this earth. So Matt, if there was something else that you would have wanted to share, now that you're on the back end of preaching this message, what would that be? Yeah, so this was a great uh, story to cover. In fact, it's one that I think most people are familiar with, whether you're part of church or haven't grown up in the church. You've heard of David and Goliath and uh, and that the themes that come along with that. And it kind of divides itself into two areas, right? It divides itself into um, looking at it from the army and Israel's perspective, and then looking at it from David's perspective. And so one of the things that kind of got left out as a part of this process, which I mentioned it a little bit, I touched on it, but didn't really have the time to dive a whole lot into it, is the the presence of the Ark of the Covenant that we find in this story, because it's it's shockingly absent, right? Mm -hmm. So the Ark of the Covenant that we find in the Old Testament was this special golden box that'd be carried around by Israel, and uh, it's it supposedly housed God's presence, right? We know that God's presence is everywhere, but for them, it was their, it was their physical, tangible, this is God with us, right? So for the longest time, like I said, God was the king of Israel, right? And so this Ark of the Covenant led them. It led them through the wilderness. Um, it would lead them in battle. They would they would consult the, the Ark of the Covenant um, for direction. And uh, so this is a significant thing. In fact, uh, we learned from Scripture that, you know, you couldn't touch the Ark of the Covenant. You couldn't look inside the Ark of the Covenant. Like, uh, like th- those things resulted in death, right? right. And so it was like a significant, significant thing. 
And so a few chapters before what we read in uh, 1 Samuel chapter 17 when we get to David and Goliath, is the story of the Ark of the Covenant and where it is. And so in 1 Samuel chapter 5, uh, the Philistines, this is fascinating actually, the Philistines captured the Ark of the Covenant. They were battling Israel and they defeated them enough to capture the Ark of the Covenant. They bring it back and they put it in their temple um, of their god Dagon, right? And so it's like their collection of gods. They just think it's another god that, you know, we've now captured, they're on our side. But it's so fascinating because the Philistines, they capture the Ark of the Covenant and they put it in this temple. And the next day they go in and Dagon, the statue of their God, has fallen on its face. And they're like, oh, what an unfortunate coincidence, right? So they set the statue back up. And then the next day they go in and the statue has fallen and its hands and its, and its feet have broken off. And so they start putting the things together like, well, just the other day we put the Ark in here. Maybe we should take it out, right? What is going on here? And so over the next uh, few chapters, the Ark of the Covenant is moved from city to city in Philistine territory, and everywhere it goes, it wreaks havoc on the people. People die. Uh, people are covered in tumors. I mean, everywhere it goes, it's like God saying, uh, I don't belong here. Right? <laughs> like, I, you are not my people. Mm-hmm. So the Philistines knew of God's power. They, they knew, like, what he was capable of. And so, so much so that in 1 Samuel chapter 7, they give it back. <laughs> they give the ark back to the Israelites. Like, we don't want this. And in fact, they send gifts with it, right? They're like, here's here's some calves. Here's some like here's some here's some gold. Like, just take it. Mm-hmm. We don't want it anymore. Um, and so it comes back into to Israelite territory, but Saul doesn't even bother to go see it or bring it back to Jerusalem. And I say all that because that was one thing that that's a little missing because this story was about the unbelief and, and the lack of trust that Israel had, right? And so they, they, they just lacked this trust in God. We saw that in, in the brothers. We saw it in the army. So they were terrified. We saw it in Saul. Saul would, should have been the guy that went out there and fought this battle mm-hmm. and, and stood up to Goliath. Um, but he wouldn't even walk down into the valley. And it's because of this lack of belief. And it wasn't until David becomes king and conquers Jerusalem that he brings the ark back into um, into the kingdom and into the capital city of Jerusalem. And, and now the ark is with the army, with the people. And all of that just points back to this truth that they had lost their trust. They had lost their belief. They had lost their um, understanding of what God was capable of, what he had done. Even the Philistines knew what God had done what God was capable of. It's still kind of shocking that Goliath continued to walk out into that valley and say, I defy the armies of Israel, knowing what the Ark of the Covenant, the golden box had done to the people in in some of their towns. And so all of that kind of sets the stage for this idea that we, it is so important for us to have trust and belief in who God is and what he's capable of. And when we don't have that, then our lives look drastically different. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, some of the things that, that come to my mind of what that practically looks like for us is, is, is how does that manifest itself into your life? What does it look like to trust God? And so the, the, the two things that come to my mind um, about this are like, you know, even in like your finances, mm-hmm. right? That's the one area, especially for Americans, is so... Yeah. It's just difficult, right? Mm-hmm. To to say, 
I trust you, God, and I'll and I'll put my trust in you and I'll put you first and I'll believe that you will take care of it. And that's a complicated thing, mm-hmm. but it's one area that for many people, if you're to ask yourself, who do you rely on? You rely on yourself. Mm-hmm. So what does that look like? What does it look like for you to have your finances show that you trust God? The other area, and maybe this could be a little bit more practical for everybody, would be uh, how do you handle stress? Mm-hmm. Because for many of us, sometimes the way that we handle stress is to, to put it back on ourselves and say, well, how can I, what can I do to fix this? Or what can I do to write this? Or, um, or what do we, what do we turn to? Mm-hmm what do we turn to, to, to handle our stress? And if we can learn to turn to God or to, to trust him first in those moments, that this is what it practically looks like Mm -hmm. to put your trust and your confidence in God in areas of your life where he's saying, I've already won. I'm on your side. I just want you to trust me and to believe in what I'm capable of. And so those are the areas that, you know, are interesting. I wanted to read a scripture that um, got left out from the message because one of the coolest parts about this story is that not only is this a historical event, right? David and Goliath, and that's recorded in 1 Samuel as a historical event. Here's what happened. Here's what was said. And then here's what happened next, right? And so it's like, this is what we get. But one of the coolest things is with David, not only do we get to see what happened, we get a glimpse into his mind. Because of all the Psalms and things that he wrote, we get to actually get a glimpse into the things that he feels, the things that he thinks, and how he processes things. And so as he becomes king, he writes one of these Psalms, and I think it kind of points back to some of these things, the themes that we talk about. It's from Psalm 25. I'm just going to read the first five verses. David writes, To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. In you, I trust. Oh my God, do not let me be put to shame, nor let my enemies triumph over me. No one whose hope is in you will ever be put to shame, but they will be put to shame who are treacherous without excuse. Show me your ways, O Lord. Teach me your path. Guide me in your truth and teach me, for you are my God, my Savior, and my hope is in you all day long. And that is such a fascinating set of verses because, for one, David, again, shows it in his own words, my hope is in you, my trust is in you, my confidence is in you, not in himself. And that was a major theme of of the story of David and Goliath. And secondly, for a king to say, teach me, guide me, lead me in your truth. Like those things, like that's not what kings do. Kings are like, he, they get to decide what's truth and what mm-hmm. in which direction. And David just had this unprecedented relationship with God, this connection, this trust in who he was and, and what God would do. Um, that sets an example for all of us in, on what it looks like to, to follow God. And so, um, but again, the important thing is to remember the truth that we landed with is that um, in our lives today, all of this is possible because of Jesus. We're not David in this story. We're the unbelieving Israelites and that, that Jesus has come in and won the battle for us. And that is why we put our trust and our hope in him. That's good. Yeah, thank you for that. I appreciate it. I hope you guys have enjoyed um, these few episodes of, of One More Thing. Again, if you haven't catched uh, the messages in this series yet, go back and do that. And we hope to see you next weekend as well. See you.